part of the message. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. Y'all can read the first few words, and I'm going to just read the next few words. And the Bible says, as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, look at the condition of the minds of the people, was hungry for the word of God. Didn't I have to try to make them sit near the front? Because they came expecting. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, what are you coming here to inspect? Or did you come to expect? See, some people come to inspect rather than come expecting. And here we see that they pressed upon Jesus because they wanted to hear a word from God. The Bible says he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, there's some wounds in your life that you're still trying to get healed from. Oh, I wish I could talk to somebody. There's some disappointments that's still in your life. That you're still trying to get healed of. The Bible says that they were going out of their boats and they were washing their nets. And the Bible says, and he entered into one of the ships, and, which was Simon's, and, and, and asked him, or prayed him, that he would thrust out a little from the land. Look at somebody and say, neighbor, whenever God requires something of you, He's going to give you something in return. Oh, I wish I could get somebody to get excited about God using them. Uh, anybody excited about God using them? Uh -huh. When God, amen, is calling you out from amongst them and he wants to use you for his glory, there's never a time that God is going to use you and not bless you. The Bible says, amen, that they... Thrust out, he asked him to thrust out a little bit from the land. And he sat down and, and Jesus began to teach the people out of the ship. The Bible says, now when he, talking about Jesus, left, had left from speaking, he asked Simon to do something. He said, Simon, launch out into the deep. And let down your nets for a drought. I like to use for a thought a human experience colliding with a divine experience. A human experience colliding or having an accident with a divine experience. Look at somebody and just tell them, you are a spirit being having a natural experience. What we fail to understand is that your spirit is not really connected to this world. God created all of us as spiritual beings. So every encounter you're dealing with, amen, in the natural, your spirit man is having an experience. But what has happened is 
our spirit now has been so attached for so long to the human level that it's not really familiar with a divine experience. Sometimes people come to church and the spirit is high and the folks are shouting and praising God. And sometimes when you're not really accustomed to this kind of experience, you begin to lean to your senses even though you feel the anointing or you feel a chill and you don't know how to respond to a divine experience. Sometimes people experience a divine experience but don't know how to act. And then what happens is their human intellect now comes and takes over and reason you right back out of a divine experience. Can I talk to somebody? We need to speak in tongues more than we do. The reason we can't is because our human faculty takes over and we don't understand with our five senses. Come on, look at your neighbor as a neighbor. Stop trying to understand everything. <laughs> Coming into a Christian experience really means being Christ-like. Somebody say Christ-like. The Bible declares that we are supposed to be Christ-like. But when you come into salvation, there's many awakenings. <laughs> Have you ever said to yourself, I didn't know that, but you spoke it? Huh? I'll never forget, we were down at the funeral down there for uh, Janice uh, uh, Gibbs' mom, and uh, I mean, dad, I mean, dad, and, 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 and while I, when I went up to just get exalt, to exalt, because the pastor asked me would I say a few words on behalf of all the leaders that were there, I stood up and I said a word that I didn't even know was in my vocabulary. And knew the meaning of it. And shared it with them. I didn't act like I was surprised while I was talking. But when I sat back down, I said, oh, God. <laughs> Everybody clapping and making me feel like I'm, I knew everything. I said, I'm just going to play it through because I sure don't know what I'm talking about. When I got home, I went into the dictionary and found out what I said was absolutely correct. It was a divine experience. And you can't allow your natural man to keep putting your spirit man back to sleep. Oh, I wish I could talk to somebody. Because greater is he that... Oh, I wish I could get the church folk to talk back to me. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in this world. There's a greater one. Hit your neighbor and say, there's a greater one residing in you. And he wants to live. Many of which we sometimes leave. We have a hard time leaving because it's our comfort zone. Oh, it's easy to sit back in your pew and watch the preacher. Come on, somebody say it's easy to sit there and watch the preacher. What's going to happen if he just come by and tell you, I want you to say a few words on behalf of Jesus Christ. Some of y'all getting nervous because you see me walking out here. <laughs> but we're used to our comfort zone. Are you hearing me? What is our comfort zone? Touch, sight, smell, taste, and hearing. 
outside that human experience. Somebody say outside that human experience. Outside that human experience, we become vulnerable. We began to lean to our own understanding. Because to walk in divine experience, you got to let those experiences go. Oh, I wish I could talk to somebody. It don't look like it's going to work out, Pastor. Leave that experience alone. Well, I've been trying this and I've been trying that. Leave that experience alone. The Bible says we walk by faith. Good God. Oh, I... Hit your neighbor said, you got to learn this thing in the spirit. You got to learn it in the spirit. Because as long as your natural man kicks in, it will always override the divine experience. Jesus comes, tells Peter, Peter, I want to introduce you to something. I want to introduce you to a divine experience. Let me reflect back for a minute, back on our offering. When I was telling you about the man that fell off the mountain. And how that he was holding on to the ropes. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, how many times in your life you was holding on to a rope? I don't know how I'm going to make it tomorrow. I don't know how this thing going to work out. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, it seems like things are going wrong and I can't figure it out. How many times have your back been up against the wall? Couldn't see no way out. But somehow, some way. God worked that thing out for you. And even though he worked it out, we still wrestle with our human experience. The man held on to the rope because he depended on his strength and died because he wouldn't have a divine experience. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, that situation you're going through right now, Oh, come on, y'all ain't looking at nobody. I said, look at somebody and tell them you're going through a human experience on your way to a divine encounter. There's a collision up the road. Hell, tell them it's a collision up the road. You're going to meet a divine power that supersedes your power. God's going to do something great that you can't figure out. We just don't want to wait on God. You keep trying to work this thing out. You keep trying to find a mate. You keep trying to find an answer. You keep trying to save yourself. But if you let go of all your... If you let go of all your human experience... Lord, I trust you. I don't even know how it's going to work, but you promised me something. That you said no weapon formed against me. If you close a door, you'll open up another. If you stop me on this side, you'll lift me up on this side. If the window's shut, you'll bust a hole in the wall. I'm going to, oh, would you hit somebody and just tell them, I'm unstoppable. Because God is with me. We block 
our divine experiences because we don't want to have an accident. That's why I love Peter. Peter wasn't afraid of making a mistake when it came to trusting God. All right, y'all going to talk to me after a while. Peter, come out on the wall. It's a neighbor. Anytime God gives you the green light, everything in the universe got to help you. Oh, I wish I could talk to somebody right now. I'm, let me say it one more time. I think somebody probably missed it. I said anytime God gives you the green light, everything in the universe got to back you up. It's got to change its norm to have a divine experience to help you in your natural so you can have a divine experience. Oh, I, I can't say it again, but you heard it. Everything has to adjust to what God said. What are you talking about, preacher? He said, come. The water had to straighten up and get hard so Peter could come. Don't let nothing stop you when God is for you. I wish I could talk to somebody. Unstoppable. That's my mentality. Hit somebody and say, that's my mentality. I'm unstoppable. If God put it in my heart, no devil in hell, no lions from the sea, nothing shall be able to stop me. Oh, I wish I had some bad folk in this church. High five the three people and tell them, he's talking about you. introduced to a divine experience. That problem that I had, I stopped worrying about it, gave it over to the Lord, and I had a divine experience. Hit your neighbor, said, neighbor, it's not going to change till you let it go. Oh, I feel that in the Holy Ghost. Come on, find you somebody you ain't talked to. Tell them, not until you let it go will you have a divine experience. You got to let it go. Come on, tell them, you got to let it go. You got to let go that human reasoning. You got to let go that smell. You got to let go that sight. You got to go by faith. If you walk by faith and not by sight, God's going to show you a divine experience. Well, that's not the way we do it. Yeah. I know it's not the way you do it, but in order to see God move, you got to get out of your comfort zone. Hit your neighbor and say, I don't care how it happened to everybody else. God got a call on my life. A human experience having on a collision course with a divine experience. Look at this. Logic doesn't meet the criteria of the five senses. The five senses. 
Let me say that one more time. Logic does not meet the criteria of the human experience. Let me say it one more time. Logic doesn't work with a divine experience. What are you saying, preacher? Your senses will not be able to understand what God is doing in spirit. Peter, you getting ready to go out there on that water? Man, don't you know you're going to drown? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, stop letting people talk you out of your miracle. God trying to take you to another level. You still meet, messing with folk that's still on the basement floor. Oh, I wish I could talk to somebody. I wish I could snatch you out that seat and let the Holy Ghost. Stop getting people's advice that's no higher than you. Oh, I wish I could talk to somebody. You better find you somebody that you can reach up on and pull yourself up because God want to take you to a high. Our Lord, the Lord of the universe is not limited to our rules of play. I could spend a half hour just right there. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God ain't playing by your rules. Well, Lord, I'll serve you if you do this. Lord, if you give me the man I want, I'll serve you better. Lord, if you pay these bills, I ain't going to never get in debt again. No, you lying. <laughs> Lord, if you get me out of this mess, I'll never get in another mess as long as I live. You know you're lying. Your logic always want to kick in and negotiate with God. Oh, anybody know what I'm talking about? Look at your neighbor and say, you know he talking about me. You know he talking about me. God, I'm going to make you a deal. He is not the price is right. I wish I could tell somebody he is not Monty Hall. Come on. <laughs> he is the God of the universe. Can I, can, I, can I make somebody get happy? It is the God of the universe that chose you. people to really gravitate to what I just said. The God of the universe chose you. Oh, y'all still ain't got it. Y'all still, you still ain't got it. The God of the out of all the people he could have chosen, he took the time to specifically choose you and nobody could stop his nobody could stop his choice. Oh, I wish I could tell somebody. Nobody could stop his choice. You don't even qualify. You don't even meet the criteria. But he... Ch 
Somebody said you don't even meet the criteria. But his choice couldn't be stopped. His choice couldn't be stopped, preacher. When God saw you in the junk den, when he saw you peeing on the flowers, guess what? He still chose you. Oh, I wish I could make you feel what I'm feeling right now. Somebody say, get rid of that logic. Because what God wants to do in you, you'll never see it in the natural. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. Tell your neighbor, let go and let God do that thing in you. Tell somebody, let go and let God do that thing in you. do that thing in you. Hear somebody say, let go and let God do that thing in you. Get rid of your logic. Get rid of your reasoning. Get rid of the way it used to be. Stop talking about how it's been. Get ready for a divine encounter. It's no longer I. Tell your never neighbor what is about to take place in my life is no longer I, but Christ that liveth in me. I'm stuck. I don't know what else to say right now. Because I'm still stuck right there. He knew what you were going to go through. He knew how many times you felt like giving up. He knew that you were going to fall. But even though he knew all of that, the God of the universe, he still chose you. Still chose. Come on, why don't you look say with with God glory and say to your neighbor, He still chose. Oh, come on, you ought to hit a couple of folks and just tell them, He still chose me. He knew I was a mess. He still chose me. He knew I would make some mistakes, but He still chose me. He knew I wouldn't dot the I and cross the T. But he still chose me. He knew I would see it wrong. But he still chose me. He still chose me. He still chose me. He He still chose. He still chose me, Mike. He knew I didn't have it all together. He knew I didn't have the education. But he still chose me. You stop leaning on your intellect and your knowledge and your... Get out of God's way. Hit three people and tell them, get out of God's way. He want to give you a divine experience. 
I am Alpha and Omega. I'm Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. For he who has started a work in you, he shall. Hit somebody say, I'm unstoppable, child. This is God's work. Beating yourself up. Putting yourself on the sideline. You better cut that out. God trying to give you a divine experience. You know what's so awesome about God? After your greatest mess up, he'd still use you. Oh, I wish I had some help in the building. Oh, I wish I had some help in the building. Because it's not about you. It's about what he want to do through you. I wish I didn't never make no mistakes. But every mistake was just a stepping stool for some more knowledge of what not to do the next time around. Let me get to this text so I can get you out of here. Come on, just tell somebody one more time, the God of the universe. He chose me. Isn't that awesome? I just heard something when I looked at Gage. Could I share it with you? Stop trying to meet everybody else's standards. The God of the universe. Do you know what I'm talking about? Can you imagine the statement that was just made? You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And Father, all those that thou hast given me, I've lost none. He's a champion. Do I got any champions in this building? Listen to Brother Harold on yesterday at our prayer gathering, God didn't select him because he qualified, but chose him because he's the God of the universe to select anybody he wants to. I got 10 more minutes. Look at what he says. Luke 5 and 5. And Simon answered, said unto Jesus, Master, we have toiled all night. <laughs> Somebody say night. night. You will toil all night. Because night represents an absence of Jesus. Because Jesus said, I am the light of the world. So if you've been toiling all night, it's because Jesus is not in the equation. You'll catch that 3 o'clock in the morning. He said, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. But even though my logic is not attached to your statement, nevertheless, I will step out a little bit. For if I lose, I don't lose all. And that's how many walk with God. Won't just let go and let God have you. 
but I'll give you a little part of me just in case. How many of y'all guilty? You know you guilty. You give God a little bit. You tried his Lord, but if it don't work, I'm still all right. God said, I wish that you'd be hot or cold. Because lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out my mouth. So either give me all of you or don't give me none of you at all. But because Peter was getting ready to be introduced, so I'm going to do something you ain't never seen before. Tell your neighbor, you get ready for a divine experience. Nevertheless, Lord, at thy word, I'm going to let down just one of these nets. Well, partial obedience, because of your logic, this will only get you limited results. Hmm. What results are those? Walking in the realm of faith will always challenge your five senses. Can I, can I mess with somebody? I done messed with William long enough. Let me find somebody else. Can I mess with somebody? Rafe, come here for me. Stand up here next to me. A bully. Big dog. His wife, stand up for those that might not know you. His wife, Back when they were in school, she dating somebody else. This old bad Negro gonna walk up, threaten the boyfriend, and tell him that's now my girlfriend. You know you gotta be a bad somebody. Gotta be a bad somebody. And that's how he lived his life. He lived his life being a bully. Because what he didn't say with his mouth, he said with his face and his presence. But he didn't know he was getting ready to have a divine. Experience. Met him in the car. And said, Lord, should I go and talk to this man? Because I know if I said the wrong thing, it could be on. <laughs> but I started talking to him. And that was a divine introduction. But now because of a divine experience... He'll cry in a heartbeat. He'll lift his hands and glorify God now. He'll say, thank you, Jesus. He'll stomp and shout all around. Why? Because when God touched you. Oh, I wish I could get somebody to praise God right now. When the Lord touched you. Cry 
crying right now? Look at But don't let those tears fool you. Mess around, walk up on a hurricane. He loved God, but he's still all man. Come on, somebody. When God is trying to move you into an area of faith, your senses are going to be tried. Romans says, so then faith cometh by hearing. Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We've got to keep hearing. Now, check this out. I said this on Wednesday night in Bible study. You got to keep hearing the word until your subconscious receives the word. Let me say that one more time. You got to keep hearing the word until your subconscious receives the word. What are you talking about, preacher? See, a lot of you all are sitting here and you're hearing me preach or whatever you want to define it as. And your five senses are receiving what I'm saying. But your subconscious might not be receiving what I'm saying. But you got to come back and hear it again. Come back, hear it again. Come back, hear it again. And you got to keep coming until you won't hear these words. Well, you know, it's just hard to get to live this life. You know why it's hard? Because your subconscious still hasn't gotten it. Your head has got it, but your subconscious didn't get it. Now, what's the difference? I use this analogy. How many of y'all are breathing in this building? If you're breathing, raise your hand. Some of y'all don't know yet. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Are you telling your breath when to breathe out and breathe in? Why aren't you? Because you don't have control over that without thinking about it. You can hold your... Guess who's doing it? My thought, my conscience is now in control. But see, when you stop thinking about it, your breathing is automatic. Because your subconscious knows what to tell your body to do. Are y'all hearing me? Now, when the word of God gets down into your subconscious, nobody has to tell you how to live. Because the word now is so enriched in your spirit, man, that you automatically don't do what you used to do. Because inside you, your subconscious says, I'm saved. I left my pad somewhere. Is it, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, is it in your subconscious yet? If it is, you're going to start winning. I'm going to read one more scripture. I'm going to read one more scripture and let you go. If you ain't shouted, that ain't my fault. You ain't celebrate Jesus, that's not my fault. I'm sweating too hard for you not to think that you ain't heard something. 
Tell your neighbor, I refuse, I refuse to be a loser. It's just not in my subconscious. I, come on, come on, repeat that. Repeat with me and tell it to somebody. I'm too used to winning that I don't know how to lose. I don't know how to lose. Mike got on me the other week. I mean, you know, Pastor, he'll just switch over teams. You know that's right. <laughs> I'm going to win every time. Super Bowl coming on tonight. Guess what? My team going to win. Because whatever team grabbing that trophy, that's my team. Don't get mad with the player. Get mad with the game. I don't know how to lose. See, some of y'all are used to losing. I ain't going to pick your team. But my team never loses. Because the team that has the final score, 100 to 99, my team. <laughs> I got a nickname called Turncoat. I'm going to just say winner. Give you scripture to back up what I'm saying. Now, isn't that gonna be surprising? I got scripture to back up what I'm saying. When it gets to the point where you love God and you have so much uh, faith in God that you believe that He work, makes all things beautiful in His time. Oh God, y'all see, I, I'm gonna mess with you. I'm gonna mess with you. I'm never gonna lose because when I'm losing, I'm still winning. Stop taking my scripture. Because all things work. So even when I look like I'm down and out, I'm still. You bad. Do you hear what I'm saying? I can't lose. What you going to do with a man that can't lose? Can I give you, can I give you an extreme example? Y'all ready? Are y'all really ready? These suicide bombers believe in their God so much that they'll strap bombs on their body, walk into a building, all up, we can't even help you get past somebody looking at you wrong. That you ready now to lead a church. Amen. Come on now. It sounds, don't it sound silly the way I'm saying yeah. it? But it's so true. Come on. Yo, yeah. Our visitor's saying, I don't know what kind of church this is, but I'm having a real good time. <laughs> I just say it by faith. Look at it. So it, a suicide bomber, he is so convinced of what he heard about his God that it has now got past their head, that it's inside their subconscious. So they don't care what it costs them because they truly have believed in the God they heard. We still trying to get to that level of faith that we can let go our logic and believe that there's eternal life. And what I give up now is just temporal compared to what I'm going to get later. 
But we don't have enough faith to have patience to wait till later. I got to have it now. And if I don't get it now, I'm going to work it out. Let me give you a scripture. And then I'm closing. 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. I got five more minutes. Look at what it said. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing that he had defied the armies of the living God. <laughs> Anybody going to talk to me? What do you see David doing? David is saying, in essence, that no matter how big my problem or my situation is, I've had some experiences with God that guarantees me that when I stand in him and fight, there's nothing too hard for me to do. Go ahead, I know it too. Come on, somebody. Come on, just tell your neighbor, that's, I'm, I, I know I'm a winner. Oh, I wish I had somebody really believe that you know you win. And where I'm at right now, he gonna prove himself strong and mighty. Give God a good hand clap. I'm finished. <laughs> Wrestling with your, 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 your logic. Bible says that when Peter dropped down the net, he brought in such a drought of fish that it began to break the nets and weigh down the boats. Don't you know when you start letting God do your life, things you couldn't do, he will show you he can do it. But you got to learn to let go. Your logic will kick in and make you afraid. Your logic will kick in and make you tormented. Your logic will kick in and say, why do I have to go through all this? But see, when you say, Lord, I'm just going to trust you. And I am going to embrace the experience you have for my life. Paul riding on his horse, going to kill the Christians, but messed around and ran into a divine experience. Knocked him off his beast of pride. Turned around and said, Lord, what would you have me to do? Don't you know God talking to you right now? You keep trying to figure stuff out. You keep trying to work stuff out. You keep coming up to a short end. Get frustrated over all that you've done. Then he, the enemy want to bring you back in what you used to do. Because you think that what you used to do just, all it does is give you temporary relief or bring you much more sorrow. It's time to have a divine experience. It's time. To watch God move because you said, Lord, I can't do it no more. I just can't do it no more. I remember when I married my wife, my, my first four years of marriage was complete hell. Struggling, arguing, fussing, fighting. Then I had a divine experience. And now we just recently celebrated 39 years. When you have a divine experience, what you couldn't do, and how many know he waiting for you to give up? 
He waiting for you. Hit three people and just say, he, he just waiting for you to give up. Just waiting for you to give up. Just waiting for you to give up. Just waiting. You still got a lot of pride in you. Oh, it, it's got a cloak of humility on the outside. Uh-huh. You, 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 you faking it real good, and you got some folk fooled, but you ain't got everybody fooled. There's some pride still left in there. And until you release that pride, you're never going to really get to where you're trying to go. Because God can only use broken vessels. You got to be broken. Sometimes God will break you, but he got to come back and break you again. Then he got to come back and break you again. Because after he bless you, you, you know, pride don't go nowhere. He's just lurking around and waiting for an opportunity to slip right back in. And we got to be broken again. That's my altar call today. Lord, I know there's some pride in here. It's still about me. I, I ain't had that on my mind until I just heard the Holy Ghost say, call an altar call for pride. Amen. And you know the other thing that'll stop you? Pride to say, he ain't talking about you. But yes, he is. The Holy Ghost talking right to you. And some of y'all need to be on this altar. Break that spirit of pride. Come on. I wouldn't waste time arguing with my logic. I got it. I wouldn't waste time arguing with my logic. Lord, I know it's me. I got some of it still in here. Oh, yeah, I got some of it still in me. Oh, I, I try to play that humility card, but it's still in here. You know what? I wouldn't want to sit there and know that God is talking to me, and I'm going to try to fake it, because guess what? We ain't got no hell or heaven to put you in. I wouldn't make... I would make my feet be on this altar. And I usually don't plead for nobody to come to the altar, but today I feel led to plead for you to come to this altar. Ten. Nine. He waiting on you. Because what you're trying to accomplish ain't going to get done. All you're doing is putting it off. Seven, six, he waiting for you, ma'am. He waiting for you, sir. Five, four, I wish you would get to this altar because I'm still waiting on you. I'm trying to be slow. Because I know you want some things to happen, but it sure ain't going to happen. Because God can't entrust his good stuff in your hands. Because your pride is going to come back and sabotage you. Three. Two. Come on, sir. I'm talking to you. Yep, I'm talking to you. Yes, ma'am, I'm talking to you too. Talking to you. One. Bow your head here at this altar. Grab somebody by the hand. Come on. This is a release of pride out of our lives. I hear the Spirit of the Lord say, I'm going to honor your steps to this altar this morning. I'm going to honor those steps of faith. 
Some of you are wrestling to even get up out the chair. But because you defeated that enemy and got to this altar, some things have already been destroyed already. You stepped on it while you were stepping to the altar. It was being put up under your feet as you came to meet him at the altar. Father, you said that pride would go before destruction. And because we want to live to declare your glory, we made our way to this altar to release to you our pride. God, every now and then it'll rise up and, 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 and set me back some paces because the endeavors that I'm trying to achieve, it comes and it blocks my way. Sometimes I find myself comparing myself to other people and trying to exceed them to show that I'm better. But today, we are releasing the spirit of pride. God, we willingly submit ourselves to your will right now. And Father, whenever that spirit of pride tries to exalt itself, make me aware of it so I can plead the blood. Never want to be a victim of pride again. Lord, in the name of Jesus, anytime you use us for greatness, God, make us aware of the enemy trying to come and make us feel great. 